You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on WFHR, that's AM 1320, and now 97.5 FM. We're bringing you real estate news for Wisconsin Rapids, Nakusa, and all of central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. It is a beautiful sunny day here in Wisconsin. March is coming like a lamb as far as the weather goes. Yes, I would definitely say that. We've had some very nice springy days here and been super nice. But it has come in like a lion as far as the economy, as I alluded to last week. Right. And on top of it. We're still in that fool's spring. I'm not sure if you saw on Facebook, but we had fool's the mar- month of March is the spring. It's just right around the corner type of thing. But Wisconsin weather always serves a different purpose. That That's a funny meme, meme whatever, um, because it really lays out that we actually have five winters, three springs, summer, and two falls. Right. And, and the nice thing is, is during that first, during our fool's spring, it's always nice. It's 40 degrees, 35, 40 degrees. Everybody's outside in their summertime clothes, just frolicking in the snow and just having a good time. And then what do we end up with? Winter. I was thinking sinus infections. Yes. So that's why you're a little bit congested. At I'm the a little bit congested because I was part of that group that did not wear a coat or mittens <laughs> or, you know, I brought out the summer clothes because it was 45 degrees outside. So why not? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. And now after this, you have a little bit more winter. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth version of spring is actually pollen season. Oh, and that, that'll be fun because then the allergies come out. Exactly. It'll be the second season of sinus infections. Right. And that usually involves the same as road construction blooming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I've already been seeing some of that in my travels throughout the state. Oh, well, road construction, I think that's a year, year-round situation. Which is astonishing because a lot of people are convinced that you can't do pavement projects in the wintertime. Wisconsin oh, says, find, ha-ha. We find a way. So, it, it, I mean, the frost is definitely starting to come out of the roadways a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. potholes are forming, all that, all that stuff's going on. And they're forming in the normal spots where we expect to have them. I believe there's like one section here in Rapids. Just right above uh, Nepco Lake as you're coming into town. Mm-hmm. That's like the Rumble Strip area. By uh, Tractor Supply Company. Yes. Yep. In that section. I think it's continuing. Always. I think it's getting worse as it comes into the Quick Trip area. Mm-hmm. So I know that was a point of contention when they repaved everything south of that down into Rome. It's like, why did you stop there? Just go a little bit farther. But jurisdictional type things. Yeah. We talk about that with the mayor every now and then when, when he's on. So, mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, we got the rumble strip situation mm-hmm. going on. We got the potholes. It's a beautiful time. Have you ever noticed that in your normal daily commute, you tend to have muscle memory of where to drive to avoid the potholes? No, I don't have that quite yet. Okay. I just have the, I showed up at work and then that's not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> it's like you pull into the parking lot and you're, I'm like... I knew when I left the house, I had in my mind that I needed is, to go the other way, but my truck just magically drove me to the yeah, office. Yeah, you just kind of sit in the parking lot for a couple of seconds <laughs> going, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Which way was I? I messed something up here. And then you figure it out and you're like, oh yeah, I got to keep continuing down the road. Today's rotary, we got to go further down the road. Right. Um, that's actually, you know, real estate has a lot of different variables to it. And one is a little bit of psychology and how people think and react to different things. And you alluded to the, I'm thinking about so many other things, muscle memory just takes over and I I go to a place where I normally go this time of day driving this general direction, right? That actually happened to me, but in a different way a couple of years ago when I was on my motorcycle commuting back from a work appointment and it was such a comfortable day, the sun was out. And since I had driven that so much in my car, I kind of just drove like I was driving my car, but on the motorcycle and it didn't, my brain didn't connect and, um, using the brakes effectively didn't quite work. And so I, 
absolutely forgot to squeeze in the clutch and squeeze in the brakes. And I just pressed on the brake pedal. The motorcycle went clunk, clunk. I came back to, oh, I have to do something a little bit different here today. Yep. Yeah. I think we all do that. So uh, that's the big thing with the road construction areas are, you know, you travel the same commute and tend to wander around the chunk holes and the potholes and the manhole covers. It's kind of interesting this time of year. Mm-hmm. And it is everywhere. Um, so we, we, if we don't get out and drive other places in Wisconsin Rapids, we think we're the worst. Oh, we're not. We're not. Um, I drove through Fond du Lac here not too long ago. They're terrible. Um, Madison is just as bad, and that's, you know, our state's capital. Right. But there's snow up in Medford, Wisconsin. You betcha. Oh, yes. Uh, my sister was just down the other day, and uh, she just kind of looked at us like, you guys have a lot of grass. She's like, I've still got snow up there. So she's still got snow up in Medford, and we got a lot of green grass down here in Rapids. And I'm excited for that. So maybe start about talking about homeowner projects here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Most definitely. So the homeowner project that I usually look forward to during the year is lawn care. Yes. Right? I love to see the little grasses grow and, mm-hmm. you know, the weeds not, but the good grasses do. And, you know, it's kind of the... um nostalgia of being in a subdivision with the neighborhood and all that stuff. And there's a whole history of why lawn care is the way it is not to go into that today, but the project house has a new lawnmower. Ooh. Yep. I visited, is it a remote controlled? No, I haven't gotten that advanced yet because I still need the lawn workout. I know there is something very refreshing about having it go walk for two hours in the same yard and get the lawn mode. It's a quarter of an acre. You walk for two hours and you don't actually go anywhere. No, but you get your steps in. Right. And you get, you know, that sort of all body workout because you're also pushing and then lifting the bags of grass. Usually, you know, have uh, uh, headphones on, you know, ANSI safety rated type stuff. So keep the noise down and you're just all in your own world and you just mow the grass. Mm-hmm. So I went down and visit our friends over at... Rapids Rental. Okay. Down on 8th Street because they are a Toro dealer. Yep. Um, not sponsored because I paid full price for the darn thing. And I got myself a Toro recycler with a Briggs & Stratton engine on it. Okay. It's got the stowaway handle deal, but it's also got the Toro personal pace uh, self-propelled system. Oh, Okay. So if you've used a self-propelled mower before, there, there's a couple different wheel options. So either the real wheels, rear wheels are powered or the front wheels are powered. Tor also has another option where all four wheels are powered. Excellent. All-wheel drive. Yeah. Um, I've used some self-propelled mowers with the front wheel being the propelled, and it just did, didn't work well for me. And if you've ever used one, the old-fashioned ones are just like you squeeze the lever and it just goes at one speed mm-hmm. I mean, you can adjust it, but it doesn't modulate. So I'm really excited about this personal pace system from Toro because it, it modulates mine is rear wheel drive and they're, they're really got one of the best systems on the market. Okay. Again, not sponsored, but if Toro happens to be listening, go ahead and send me a free hat. Excellent. But yeah, Rapids Rental, they, they're just got, their new shipments of springtime merchandise in and talking to him, he's like, oh my goodness, we had um, some supply order of snowblowers from back in October and November that just arrived. Well, I know when we looked at getting a chainsaw, that's where Mm -hmm. we got it from, is from Rapids Rental. And the chainsaw we wanted to get was on back order and it was already on back order for six, six months. Yeah. And so we just got whatever was in the store. We're like, if you have it in the store, I guess that's what we're going to be going with. But we got a really nice uh, chainsaw. It is. It's a steel um, brand name, steel. Mm-hmm. Really good quality. Uh, it's got an easy start system to it, which is kind of neat. It, uh, usually when you pull start something, it starts on the pull. Well, this one can, but if it doesn't catch, it'll also recrank the engine when it retracts into the housing. Right. It's actually really easy to use. Yes. So I'm glad you got that one. You did that all on your own. I did that all on my own. So I'm looking forward to hopefully this, I'm hoping for a windstorm. 
something to knock down a tree so I can, well, I got a couple of branches from that windstorm back in December mm-hmm. that I need to cut up and, and get moved over. So got to wait for a, a nice non-winter day to go and move those branches because those branches are going to be too big for, for one person to move. So it'd be nice to bring out the chainsaw, cut it all up and get it stacked up and ready to go for then, a burn party. And then we'll get you a rope and you can tie it on and tie it on the back of your Husqvarna zero turn mower. Either that, I just might have to get a four-wheeler or yeah. get like a gator. They're they're expensive, Carrie. This I understand. You, so might, you might as well just get I a I got to work, 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 work within my budget. Even though used vehicle prices are extremely high, I can get a used truck like a 2012 with like 150,000 miles on it for less than a brand new Gator mm-hmm. or side by side. It's, it's insane, but there's so much fun and actually very useful around the homestead. Yes. So we might uh, find a guest here this year and talk about power sports. So have to work on that as we move ahead. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking forward to a whole lot of guests coming up in the next um, few weeks. Um, I've got a few more local businesses coming online. I got some of the um, local, I could call them investment opportunities, um, the service nonprofits from around the area. Excellent. Yeah. Um, and I started reaching out and um, hopefully we'll be talking with some of the local schools around the area. I know the teachers have been through a lot and a lot more than usual in the past right. two years. Right. They, they're they stressed just with all the COVID and, and everything like that and the homeschooling. Oh, not really homeschooling. I'll take that back. But just with the, doing everything online, that virtual, every, all the kids at, at home and learning from home. Um, it's, it's a lot for these teachers to, to be taking on. That's a lot for the parents, too. Yes. So hopefully that'll be waning a little bit. It's nice that we can embrace some technology and, and keep things going instead of you know, just the students having nothing and then getting behind in the education process. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to that and looking forward to the project house with the lawn. Yes. So, I'm looking forward to some of the other projects with the project house. Yes. Yes. We got a little bit of flooring, a little bit of bathroom remodel, mm-hmm. a little bit of rip up of carpeting still. <laughs> kind of do it a little bit at a time, you know? Yep. Yeah. Pace yourself. It's not a marathon or it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a sprintathon. It's a sprintathon. I forgot what we called it last week. Yeah, I can't remember either. <laughs> All right. So, what else do we have? Uh, oh, just just a final quick comment. Okay. Um, because snow is going to start melting, and people want to get out into their lawns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's recommended not to be de- a, much aggressive with the lawn or putting down uh, pre-emergent herbicides or fertilizers until the actual soil temperatures get to be at least fifty degrees. Okay. Because nothing's going to absorb or be growing or being active. Your pesticides and... Um, Is that out in the stores now? Fertilizers, they're just going to wash away. Uh, it's starting to become in the stores. I know that the seeds are out. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to find the soybean seeds. But is the the bug killer and all that jazz still out or is that... Yep. I, I forget which big box store I went through, but they had the display in the front and... It's a little bit more expensive than it was last year. So that's going to be another thing, you know, looking into more cultural practices for increasing your quality of soil and, you know, helping against pests Mm -hmm. and invasive weeds. So, because, yeah, stuff's going to get more expensive. Yeah. Yay. (laughs) But it's with everything. Um as far as availability, I, you know, going in through the big box store, you see pallets of those types of supplies. So well, they, it's early now. It, it is early now, but it seems like, you know, if you're savvy about it and you know how much you're going to get, which that's always the first step, you get a new project, you got to measure out how much you need, mm-hmm. how big is your lot. And then, yeah, if you can get a whole year's worth of supply here at the beginning of the season, that's one of the reasons why I got my lawnmower now, because I... You know, popped in and I'm like, hey, you guys got your, your springtime stuff in? He says, yeah, we just started unpacking it. it. Just came on the truck like a week ago. And the really nice thing is the guys over there, if you don't know how to use it, they'll give you a run through. Oh, yeah. And they'll they'll talk you through how to use whatever you just bought. 
So it's not like they hand it to you and they walk away and get home. You're like, okay, well now what? They'll walk you through it. And if you have questions, you can take it back and go, hey, can you show me this again? Because there are, there are a good group of guys over there. And they do uh, small engine repair as well. And since you get a good quality product from a dealer, they can take care of dealer warranty things. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. I mean, we've also had really good customer service over at the Sears hometown. Yes. And over at the Ace Hardware. Yep. So. I like the Sears store. They like to deliver things for me, mm-hmm. which is really great. I don't have to go pick it up or anything, but it's kind of fun to have the big drill delivery truck come to your house. Of course. And again, it's, you know, a little notch for the uh, neighborhood keeping up with the Joneses. It's like, ooh, what'd they get now? Right. Big truck pulls up. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's get into something else. Okay. So what do you got? Do you got tit, uh, Do you got some? Uh, do you got some notes in front of you? I do have notes in front of me. I've got a black screen, so I don't know if I need. Uh, you need to click and you need to enter the code. I was gonna say, what do I got to do? I got a new computer today. You got my computer. Well, I got a borrowed computer. Right. There you go. Just punch in the code. Ooh, I didn't even have to hit return. All right, so I'm I'm in. Right. So in the MLS, my version functions just the same way as yours does. All right, excellent. And look at that. All your keys are in the same spot, too. Pretty much. The uh, QWERTY keyboard is very popular. My typing teacher would be very, very, very happy. All right, so we're looking at 15 homes in the greater Wisconsin Rapids area. So the local market, we've got 15 homes in all price ranges that are Mm -hmm. active, and we can go take a look at maybe write an offer on. Right, 15. Okay, again, that's that's a common-ish number. You know, and about that dozen, dozen and a half. How do you want to break it down? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So how do I want to break this down? Yeah. All right. So we're going to go under 120. Okay. So homes under 120, which is going to give us seven homes. So again, those are our budget-friendly homes. Um, Some might need a little bit of work to them. But again, that might need a little bit of work is going to be different for each individual person. Right. My idea of needs a little work is going to be different than someone else's. Or I think taking out a whole entire remodeling, a whole entire bathroom and kitchen is, that's a simple project. Where to someone that's going to be a huge project of just ripping up the floors. So depending on your level of needs a little work, we, we've got some options for you. And as we go through, if you're in that budget range, and you tell us what level of home improvement project you want to take on, we can find that right combination for you because they do come up, but they get offers very fast. Right. Now, to put that into comparison, um, e- even at the $120,000 top end, I mean, we, we can find very move-in ready homes here that that are possibly three bedrooms. Right. Um. I, I was dabbling, looking across the rest of the state to see what, you know, what home prices feel like in the rest of the state. So I started doing searches a little bit down south, um, closer to Dane County, Madison area. Um, but I kept on the, the northern side, um, kind of like Portage area, between Portage and Madison. And even in the villages, towns, the more rural parts, it is extremely hard to find something that's of our move-in ready quality here in central Wisconsin for the prices that we have here. Yes. I, I, I can easily see as you go farther south toward the metro area at all, even an hour away from Madison, prices are 20% higher than they are here for comparable properties. So. Mm-hmm. It, I think, you know, it's one of the things that's really driving people to the Wisconsin Rapids area. Understanding that they can live here with a perhaps slightly lower mortgage and then commute. Although now with gas prices on the rise, the commuting might not be quite as financially feasible. But we'll have to see. Right. So what do you have next? Over 120. Okay, so over 120, so we're kind of starting in that 140 range and all the way up to, let's go up to the 200, and that we're only looking at three homes. Okay. And we've got the 140, 165, and 199.9. 199.9. Nine. Nine. 
And that's our most popular price range. Mm -hmm. um, usually it's the best bang for the buck as far as finishes go versus price and value. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of those houses can be in the two or three bedrooms. What's above 200? All right. So above 200, we've got the last few homes. Just a few? Just I'm trying a to count in my head. All right. So we've got the last five homes. Okay. So again, we've got a little bit of, we've got some homes in, with some acreage. We're going to be starting off in that 225 price range and going all the way up to the 500,000 price range. Now, if you're comparing what you might get for a half million dollars here, Versus a half million dollars down in Middleton or Verona, it's astonishing. It is. Very uh, much. It, I was looking at some of those Madison and, and Western because I was just in Verona today. So I was curious about, oh, this is a nice looking community. What are the house prices here? Oh, my goodness. Well, I even start looking at um, the Eau Claire area. Sure. You know, just to kind of see, okay, well, what does Eau Claire have to offer in, in that price range. So that way, if, you know, someone decides that they're going to stay in the Eau Claire area, what would be a good starter home for them? Mm -hmm. And we're, we're looking at probably about 150, 160 for a good starter home. So, I mean, just the difference in price ranges, even up in the Eau Claire area. Yeah. And Eau Claire's, um, I think fairly comparable to Stevens Point. Mm -hmm. You know, it's got the same features. It's on the interstate. It's a college town. Right. Um, it's conveniently located in a pseudo metro area, but it doesn't feel like it's a big city. Right. Yeah. And that's the same thing that we are seeing in uh, Stevens Point too. So I think prices in those two are comparable. Correct. So yeah, that's what we got in the market. It's a lot of, lot of good things. So again, it's still a great time to list. And like we keep saying, even though we're seeing 15, 16, 18 homes, we're staying consistent with that many number of homes. So it's still a strong market out there and it's still a great time to sell. So it's the opportunity of let's get the house ready. Let's get it listed. Let's close a chapter and let's begin a new one. Right. Getting people into a house or a housing situation that might fit them better for their needs. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a great time to relocate anywhere in the country, really. Right. Um, finding places to go that is going to be just of a challenge as any buyer. But with the amount of equity that you may have in your property currently, when we sell it, you could have an amazing amount of cash in hand, essentially, to go and purchase that next place. Right. So it starts with calling you at what number? 715-323-2577. And you'll come out and you'll talk to people and do what? We'll, we'll have a chat. We'll, we'll talk about the listing contract. You know, everything about, about the house, about the contract, all the kind of the, the unique stuff about it. Because when you, when you want to sell your house, we like to come out there. You tell us our story, your stories. We tell you ours. And we want to make sure that you understand that the next time we meet, you could possibly be signing that that listing contract. So we like to get that contract in your hand ahead of time. It's my favorite thing to fill out. So we don't ask people to, to fill it out. We're going to fill that out, but we want you to be able to read it through. So that way, if you do have a question about a certain area of the offer or the the offer, the listing contract, we can have a discussion about that versus I get to read this document to you line by line and then look at you and go, did you understand that? Mm -hmm. We can take a three hour process then and kind of condense it down into a 45 minute conversation of here's your listing contract. Here's the important parts of this. Do you understand all of these other, other parts as well? If you don't, let's talk about it. So that way we know that you're understanding what you're signing. And we enjoy educating as well as um, just saying, your house is worth this much. Okay, thanks. You know, we, we like to take a, a definite, more in-depth personal approach. Mm -hmm. And the contract has a lot of protections in it for you as the seller. Right. Um, and going through and, and making sure that you're comfortable with that contract and what it means is important. Um, you're also going to do a market analysis for the property. Right. So we need to look at it first to see what it is, pictures that may have been taken 
um, when it previously sold are certainly not of the same condition that it is in now. Right. So we like to see the the updates of, you know, what did you update to the house? Did you get rid of that bright green wall and turn it into something else? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how you have the house laid out too, we can start a conversation of preparing the home to get it sale ready. And um, the one of the last ones that I was on with you, a consultation with a seller, the conversation of just starting that mental process yeah. of you, we are going to sell the house now. And, you know, and if sign- I was the buyer, I love that. I love looking at the sellers and go, okay, now you're the buyer. As you walk through your home, what parts of your home do you not like? Does it bother you that, you know, the, in the bathroom, there's a bunch of scuff marks on by the tub. If that bothers you, if you were the buyer, why don't we get that fixed? Let's get that straightened out. And that way we can, it's very eye appealing. Sure. And then it kind of goes, oh yeah, well, if I was a buyer, maybe I want more light in this room. So maybe now I got to go find a floor lamp to bring more light in here because yeah, we don't mind that it's dark, but if I was the buyer walking into this, it would just seem kind of closed off and kind of clo- cold. But if we brought more light into this room, this would be a really pretty room. So just kind of getting that mindset of, I'm going to be selling this and this is going to be somebody else's. How would someone else feel about it? And that produces a couple of things. Usually it's an overwhelmed reaction mm-hmm. and we can help calm that down a little bit and refocus everybody. And one of the ways to do that is to assist with our real vitalize program. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got a home stager now that we've worked with for a very long time. She's in that program. So we may be able to institute that and defer the cost of having this home staged until time of closing. Right. So we've got that with the real vitalize. We also have her, um, some simple contractors. So if we really identified, you know, maybe have the stager come in and they identify certain key areas of the home that would really be a better show. Well, now let's use that real vitalize program and get a painter in or a contractor to do some simple repairs. Right. So we've got a lot of options. We got options. So then we'll meet and talk about price and we like to educate our sellers on just look at this. We'll show you a comparable property and show you what we're seeing as agents, which is also what other agents are seeing as well. Mm-hmm. And this is how your property can be shown and will compare to be shown for other um, agencies. So that's why you choose us, right? Because our marketing is awesome. Right. You know, and, and really keep going with that education. Um, so back to the market a little bit. One of the things that... Oh, I'm good. Oh, I didn't sure? time out. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't okay. time out. Yeah, but one of the things, you know, we only hear maybe 15 or 16 homes that are on the market currently and available for um, writing an offer on. Mm-hmm. But like we keep seeing coming on and going off. So can you put in and let's see, like we did last week, how many homes overall, even the ones with offers are on it? All right, so homes just with you know, our like whole entire market. Everything. Everything. Because that, that is also kind of a, a telling tale of right. what the overall inventory kind of is. All right, so we got 56. Okay, 56, and that's The same similar. as last week. Right. But again, we had closings today. We had new stuff come on. So again, it's kind of like that, that ever-changing number. Mm-hmm. So even though that you hear the same number Week after week, it's different homes. Yes, some of the homes are the same. We can look at the days of market and go, okay, well, the days on market, this is how many have been on for this many days. But we can see that that gradual change. And we can check on status changes as well. Um, a lot of this comes down to we see it so often that we see patterns going on. Mm-hmm. And so really that's one of our insights is that the housing market is very active. There's a lot of stuff coming on, a lot of stuff getting closed, a lot of stuff having offers written on, but a lot of new homes are coming into the list 
So we want right. to keep on top of it as fast as we can. Exactly. So much fun. It is. Very, very exciting. Anything else you want to touch on about the local market? Um, no, I think I'm going to good. I think next week we'll hit on on vacant land again. So we'll do it every other okay. week with vacant land in the Rome area, just to kind of keep an eye on what's going on over there. Vacant land seems to be a slightly different animal, even though it's become very much more popular and talked about, but it tends to stay on the market a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. So right. I've got some news. You got some news. Got some news nationally. All right. Okay. So I got some notes from news. Uh, National Association of Realtors puts on a weekly report. So I'm going to regurgitate some of that. Okay. Um, we talked about the shenanigans over in the Ukraine area in Eastern Europe last week. Right. Um, update on that is it's a mess. Okay. That's not much of an update, but okay. I, I know. Wanted to keep it simple. Right. So it's a mess. Um, and since it's currently being messy, we don't know what the long-term effects are going to be exactly. Right. Um, we did have uh, Jerome Powell from the Federal Reserve uh, give a presentation to Congress on the 4th of March, so fairly recent. Um, he's seeing and saying exactly what the rest of us are, is that high buyer demand in housing, it's at a record high. As far as new, hose, new, new housing, new home starts, right? Um, inflation, material prices, and worker shortages are all big parts to play in this. I mean, we everybody knows this. It's nothing new. We're seeing lower, excuse me, uh, the interest rates, which are currently low still from the mortgage side of things. Um, they create easy credit availability, and so essentially money is cheap to borrow. Okay. And that's going to start to being raised, and he's seeing that the mortgage rates are starting to increase now a little bit. Okay. So what they're going to do at the Federal Reserve level, they've got a meeting on March 16th, and then they'll start... Um, that's going to be their first big Federal Reserve monetary interest mm-hmm. sort of uh, recalculation. So we'll see what they actually do there. There's been a lot of speculation that they're going to have a lot of these meetings and only increase the um, the interest at the Federal Reserve level a little bit each time. Um, some people say, well, they're just going to jack it up and it's going to go sky high. We don't know. We won't know until it all happens. Right. So the 16th of March is the the next big meeting. Um, let's see. Uh, interesting note that uh, Maxine Waters, who was the chairman of the committee, um, again, let us know that housing accounts for one third of the consumer price index. It's a huge part of what consumers purchase. I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, people's biggest asset. Right. For the most part. Yeah. And so that's a lot of um, what we can balance on to drive the economy and see where our economic future is going to go overall. So one third housing is one third, you know, it's nice being in real estate because we see this impact directly on people. Yes. You know, it's so cool to hand someone the keys to their new house and, you know, their eyes light up and they see this as a new start and so much more fun. It is. Definitely is. I know we're working with some investors. We are. We're working with some investors and I'm very excited to work with investors this year. So it'd be nice to be able to hand those keys over there and just still see their eyes light up of we're making some, we're making some plans and, you know, whether or not you're going to invest because this is going to be your retirement plan and you want to have three or four homes, that, that's your retirement. You're going to live in one, you're going to pick one, you're going to live in one, and the other two are just going to be your source of income. Um, however, which way you look at it, it's, it's really fun to work with the investors to be able to see what they're doing to be able to go, okay, this is what I want, and kind of help see that dream kind of come true for them on, that, on their side. And they're taking some of the inventory and creating um, economical housing for mm-hmm. the community as well. So they're, they're increasing the value of those properties because you, you've got to put some work into them. And it's also now um, the, 
excuse me, the local health department goes and actually surveys these properties. So you know that they're of uh, sanitary quality. You know, mm-hmm. certain things have to be met. You have to have certain equipment and they have to be of a certain level of condition in order to be rented. Right. So it's investors are actually good for the local community. Yes, they are. Um, so the NAR also made comments about um, the effect of Russian investments over here. And, and like I had mentioned before, or pre-COVID, the um, Chinese and Asian market really heavily on the West Coast was doing investments. Well, Russian investors are also over here and, and they were really um, interested in like New York City and Miami. So those areas. Um, we had talked with, or excuse me, NAR had talked with some real estate agents there and they're indicating, yeah, it's hard for those people to come here and look at properties in the first place and then also to transfer funds to get those to closing. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an effect that's related to a National Home Builders Association. They're looking at it's difficult to be building homes at the pace that we need for the buyer demand right now. Okay. Again, prices are going up with materials, so that's making it tough. Um, everybody's noticing, uh, for instance, Mark Sandy, he's an economist over at Moody Analytics, that investors are now moving from stock investments into bonds, we, you know, stocks and bonds, topic from long ago, but bonds are less risky of an investment than stocks are. Stocks are more volatile. But that might also disrupt the interest rate a little bit because that affects the feds because the bonds are coming from the federal government. Right. But that shift indicates that the investors are looking forward and seeing that a recession is probably going to be coming. Like I mentioned, even just a technical recession where it's not a huge effect on the boots on the ground level of economy, but just by the numbers, it's a recession. We don't know how deep that's going to go or how long it's going to last or what effects are going to go on. Um, Again, like I alluded to last week, supply around the globe is going to be disrupted. Ukraine has a lot of things that they're exporting that now they're just not because their vision is elsewhere. They've got to protect themselves. So making up the world demand of all those other things metals minerals wheats grains right. barleys mm-hmm. we'll we'll see where that goes um increases in price you know everything's going up housing market increasing in price uh, there's a CoreLogic report they're forecasting that this double digit price increase um as far as nationwide is possible to continue the next couple months but it's going to squelch as soon as summer comes. Okay. So they're anticipating the springtime market to again be really, really heavy. And, and again, that's nationwide. We might see that trend again, but we're not going to see prices increase in like 20 and 30% increments here. And CoreLogic is saying the forecast, probably mid end of summer, that's going to be the trend everywhere across the country where it's going to be only into like single digit price growth. Okay. So. They're optimistic as well. Well, good. Yeah. Um, to that point, they said January. So, of course, we're a little bit behind, but, you know, numbers for things that closed. January price increases year over year was 19.1%, which is the largest year over year gain in their 45-year history of producing that report. Okay. Which puts it into the 1970s. Wow. Yeah. So economists are going to have a whole lot of fun this year seeing how things play out. Yeah. It sounds like it's going to be very entertaining to sit back and watch. And hopefully we'll be, you know, everybody here, especially in central Wisconsin, can be in a place where they can just sit back and watch. Our pocketbooks are going to feel it a little bit with the gas prices for sure. I just filled up a diesel truck today and it was $5 a gallon. I know I filled up the truck and yeah, it was kind of... Maybe I should be filling up at least once a week, not every other. Yep. So manage that as best you can. I think um, 
some mental preparedness practices are going to be good as far as let's just go into town. Yep. Go into town. Let's make one One trip trip. instead of doing the ping pong effect of, oh, I'll just run back home. I'll go do this. I mean, in a way, it was almost weighing a little bit of a decision. Do I run home to have lunch because I forgot my lunch and what I came into town to do took longer than anticipated? Well, now I got to eat. Is it cheaper to go out to eat versus driving home and coming back for that next appointment? I mean, which way is this really going to go? What's, what's going to be best? Because, yeah, you're going home to eat. But at the same time, the amount of gas that you're taking to and from work, two or three trips into town, would it just be better to one a pack a meal? Well, of course that's better. Right. And sometimes we just don't think about it. Or B, is it just better just to go grab something from the quick trip? You know, grab a little little something to go. I mean, they've got great food over there. Or do I just go find, you know, the local restaurants and support the local restaurants because, you know what, it's going to be cheaper to go out to eat versus driving back and forth. I'm in town. Let's find out what's in walking distance from work. Go walk there, grab something to eat, come back to work, do work, and then continue on. Now, my personal opinion, what I see as a trend is going to be stuff, again, that happened in like the 1970s. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, push toward small cars and fuel efficient vehicles and such like that. Being a motorcyclist, I'm a little excited for that because the motorcycle gets 50 miles to the gallon. Right. I mean, you have to deal with like rain and sunshine and stuff and bugs. All, all the equipment and bugs. Yeah. But get a good helmet and it'll be good. Right. But that's, you know, hopefully this will increase a little bit of that recognition. We really need to pre-plan where we're going. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to start to see a lot of deliveries, a lot of to-goes. A lot of deliveries for for places too. Sure. Which, you know, if I can't, if I don't want to drive, because if we wanted to go drive all the way down to Sportsman's for the distance between our office and Sportsman's, I might as well have went home. Right. You know, so now it's going to be that debate of, do I drive or do I get delivery? I'm going to eat out somewhere. I'm going to support a local business, but what do I do now? So this also lends to the ability for people who had um, virtually worked, you know, telecommute to their office mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Perhaps that's certainly now an option to help, you know, keep that ease on their paychecks that they could still work from home, but now for a slightly different reason. Right. Um, bicycles are going to come back into play a whole lot. Um, I also see us talking more about walkability scores. Mm-hmm. And really proximity to the place you work and the things that you want to do. Yes. You know, so, so what's important? Where's your give and take there? Yeah. What, what's, what's important? Is your family really, really focused on doing this certain activity? Would you want to be closer to that activity so that you don't have to travel there as often or as much? Or is being closer to a work environment? You know, all those things are still going to be in, in effect and in play. Right. Um, it is convenient with our office here on 8th Street that if you want to walk down toward the river, there's plenty of establishments down there to get, you know, soup and a pizza or right. you know, something convenient to eat for your lunch break. I would have to wait till it's a little bit warmer outside. <laughs> but yes, uh, and pretty soon we're going to be having lunch by the river right. on Thursday. So, you know, there's a great opportunity. I believe it's only like a half mile walk between our office and the river. Mm-hmm. I think it's a half mile. I'd have to go into Google and find out. All more reason to do, you know, business with us here at Coldwell Banker Seaward. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, really, this is going to be interesting to kind of watch of the economy of what's going on and those those choices. What's what's the give and take? Do we make sure we pack a lunch just in case or how much we work from home and come into work whenever we need to? Right. Um, I, I know obviously food prices are going up as well. Um, I've personally switched to a, you know, more salad kind of meal prep mentality. Um, just because I want to lose some of the wintertime fluffiness that I've gained. Well, the lawnmower is going to be coming out. So you're pretty soon. Oh yeah. Lawn workout. Yep. 
you know, I should, I should create a blog and do lawn workout techniques, you know, in, in, um, incorporate squats with your leaf pickups and all, all this could be good. Well, I did teach the boys how to mow the lawn where you got two water bottles. You walk to one water bottle, take a sip, put it down, mm-hmm. walk to the other one, take a sip, put it down and just keep going back and forth. That way you stay properly hydrated and you knew where you're going to be going. And that's a good technique for how do you mow straight lines? It all depends upon if you put your water bottles in the correct spots. It right. could get a little hairy, but I mean, it worked. But yeah, preparing meals ahead of time, you know, that also really cuts down on knowing what you want to eat for the week. And then you can go to the grocery store and just buy what you want to eat instead of all what the extra could, stuff. What you could eat. Right. Yeah. And, and Meal now, planning is is always been my my favorite thing. It's been the easiest thing I think I've ever did. I like your easy, quick tip for how to understand meal planning and get ideas for what things you could make is um, school lunches. School lunches. Everyone always like complains about the school lunches, about how they weren't very good. Well, they're well balanced. Mm-hmm. Okay, so take your school lunch menu, cut it up and, you know, pick something out of there. You know how to make spaghetti taste better than what the school lunch does. So you don't have to make it like the school lunch did. You just need to make it the way you like it. But it's really nice because then you can, you already have all your meals planned. You just got to draw the card out of the pile and go, okay, hey, this really worked. I like this. I mean, okay, if you get fish sticks, you know how to make fish. So change it up just a little bit, you know, put in the, the salmon or put in the tilapia for the fish stick day. But it's super easy because they've already got, they've already paired your vegetables to your main course and you get fruit and you always get a cookie. Right. So I think this is a win-win. And then you can incorporate that with gardening yeah. once we get into summertime um, and actually kind of think about those plans into next year. Mm-hmm. So growing enough food, how are you going to preserve that, you know, through canning, uh, jarring, freezing, freezing. And then get that prepared for next year. You know, hopefully that should get us through a, an inflation cycle, a recession cycle as well. Right. Um, then get your family used to eating those things or what do they like to eat? And yeah, incorporate that into your meals instead. Mm-hmm. Um, making your own pasta sauce is phenomenal. You, you, you've done that quite often. Right. We always call it our, our chili starter because, mm-hmm. I mean, we look at chili, so... You got your chili, you got your, any of your red sauces. So it's a red sauce base. And here's the red sauce base and whatever you need to make, you just open up the jar. We put all the spices and everything right on into the jar. It's all ready to go. So it's just a pop a top and cook it. And you're off to the races, which makes kind of teaching younger kids how to make things is quite easy. You know, my kids grew up, they... Knew that it was one pound of ground beef, two cans of, or three cans of beans. It didn't matter what three cans you grabbed, just grab three and grab the chili starter, ground the beef and put the beans and the chili starter in there and heat it all up and it, their meal was done. Right. And they didn't, they didn't really have to worry about trying to dice the onions or the peppers or anything like that. It was all done for them. And if at a family of four or at least one athletic child. Right. At least one athletic <laughs> child. <laughs> No, they, they need more carbs than the rest of us. Right? Well, and it's kind of funny is when you get your family used to like the, those homemade sauces and, and meals and stuff like that, mm-hmm. when they have to go live on their own, nothing tastes the same as homemade. And so they get a little confused of why doesn't the spaghetti sauce taste like mom's? Right. This is not what I grew up with. Or it just doesn't work out the same way. Why is that? It's just homemade is just a little bit different. We can cater it to that child's specific taste. Mm-hmm. So we've got the spicy tomato-based stuff for one kid, and we got the mild stuff for the other kid. That way they both kind of get their their hugs and loves. And I just had another idea. The canning, the, the big batch food preparation type stuff, mm-hmm. it can also help with fuel consumption. You know, and usually that's in the late summer, early fall. So you can take that and make your outdoor canning kitchen. Right. And, you know, use the 
20-pound propane tank from the gas grill and do a lot of stuff outside of the house. So you're not using the electricity from the utility. You're probably not using uh, gas from you know the gas service. We don't know what prices are going to be on those utilities as well come on, coming up. Well, and one thing that I've always done is I would, for everything, like with my jams and jellies. Mm-hmm. So I would make those, I would grow everything, harvest everything in the summertime, but then wait till the wintertime to make them. So sure. again, it's cold, you know, it's colder out. You need something to do. Make your jams and jellies during the wintertime because you can take them and you can freeze everything and then kind of stage that so that way you're not trying to make jams and jellies while you're trying to can all the carrots, beans, and tomatoes. Because right. then that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot to try to take on. But if you can freeze some stuff and kind of push things off until a slower period, that's even better. So that way you still can reap those benefits of having homemade, but you're just postponing that, that making process. Yeah. You're gathering, you're storing, and then you go make it during the wintertime. And then the house smells yummy all year round. And you have fewer times where you have to get out the equipment to do those things. Mm-hmm to do those tasks and make a big mess all at once and then clean up all at once and then you're done. Right. <laughs> yep. Okay. So yeah, it's just a matter of kind of like staging that because, you know, hopefully it's the, you know what, I know I need to have 24 jars of jelly to make it through the whole entire year. So if you stage it all right, you should be ending at the same time that you need to be getting. So you don't have to worry about storage of, okay, now I've just got all this jelly. I don't know where to store it. That way you're kind of replenishing those stocks throughout the year. Um, here quick at the end of the hour, a final thought that I had, um, probably also uh, fishing. You know, go out and, and get your fish, catch your fish by yourself for your fish sticks and all that other fruit right. prep that's going to be popular. And getting in with the butcher. We talked to Ruby Reds. Right. Um, under new owners, and they've got a whole meat selection there. So buying. Buying in bulk. You bet. I think it's going to be really popular. So yes. if you are curious about housing in the area, check out MyRapids.com and MyNacusa.com. Excellent. That'll take you right to listings for the area. And you have a phone number again. It is. I do. So it is 715-323-2577. It's also a very textable number. So if you are the tech savvy and want to just text me, just let me know your questions and who you are. Fantastic. So we will catch you all in hour two. Please come back after the break. Excellent. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing-related topics. 